Okay. Hi, this is Michael Waits, and welcome back to the Asia InsureTech podcast. This is the only podcast in Asia focused on insurance that gives entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and investors a platform to discuss how technology and other things, frankly, are reshaping the insurance industry in Asia. Today, I'm joined, I should have asked you, by Nicholas Fake, the founder and CEO at Rujai.com. Is that okay to say that? Yes, yes, yes. Great. Exactly that. Nicholas, it's great to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm very good. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure to be on the show, too, uh, even though it's a downgraded version of what we were trying to achieve before. <laughs> but uh, I'm still happy to be here. I'm, I'm, you're at home. I'm at home. And hopefully... Uh, we can still have a good talk. Yeah, and look, hopefully we can do what we planned on doing the next time we do this, which is come down to your office, see what's going on there, and just get a sense of what the operation is like. Right? We've spoken a bunch of times, but frankly, we've never seen it, and we'd like to come down and do that. Sure. So that'll be great. Let's take a quick break to hear from our first sponsor. This episode of the Asia InsureTech podcast is brought to you by Uncharted. In this rapidly changing environment, the ability to operate your business online is mission critical. Powered by Uncharted's core insurance and distribution platform, carriers and brokers now have the ability to launch new distribution channels in a matter of weeks and any product through any channel in any market in just days. Days. That's kind of cool, yeah? If your core insurance technology isn't providing your business with an enduring competitive experience, visit www.uncharted.global or email info at uncharted.global to speak to the team today. Thank you again to Uncharted for supporting Asia InsureTech podcast. Let's get back to the show. But let's just talk about current things that are happening. And we normally ask our guests, what do you think are the biggest trends in Southeast Asia and InsureTech? But I want to add in a little caveat there. In the context of COVID-19 and just what's going on, not just locally and regionally, but globally, what do you think the COVID-19 virus is having an impact on these major trends on InsureTech in Southeast Asia? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough question because definitely yeah. we, we're entering a, a very unknown area. Uh, by any mean, I think it's just going to accelerate what we were achieving and trying to achieve before. The digitalization of all the insurance process have to move faster in the context of having people uh, comply to work from home and also customers to access their, their traditional uh, insurance providers who so digital mean. I mean, it's going to be extremely hard for bank insurance structure, for traditional broker and agent to interact with the customer over the next few weeks and months, and that should actually increase the digitalization of insurance. Yeah, so have you seen that? In other words, are you getting more inquiries now? Uh, so we do see a significant increase in some of the products which are relevant to the market. So right. we launched the COVID-19 type of insurance product. Awesome. And we've been doing the hundreds of policies a day, all fully digital with customers buying online, transacting uh, on a you know, fully digitally purchase without having any support from call center. We don't see that yet on car insurance. Uh, I mean, you know, Israel is mainly a car insurance player. Right. Uh, that's our main product, and that's that's our focus. Uh, and clearly, today, in the in the wake of everything, people are a bit less focused on purchasing their car insurance. <laughs> uh, so we do see a drop in volume in terms of uh, inquiry, quotes, and traffic on the website uh, on the car insurance side. But if you if if, if you look at yeah, yeah, if you look at the overall you know full digitalization process and people moving online to purchase insurance, that definitely I believe uh, COVID nineteen is an accelerator. So you just made a point which almost sounded like a little bit of a throwaway point, but I want to go back to what you said. They're doing this without the support from the call center. So 
you manage a call center, and where is that call? Yes. And where is that call center located? So today, I mean, uh, we we had uh, we, we took about it, but we had to close our office on the 18th of March. So we had one of our employee whose wife, uh, uh, which is a nurse in the hospital, oh, get no. uh, COVID-19 uh, uh, infection. Okay, so within within six hours, we basically had to shut down our office, send all the staff back home, and being able to let them operate remotely. So thank God we were able to rely on on, on our technology, which is 100% cloud-based. And we are able today to deal with the business as if we were in the office to a certain extent. So we do have about 110 people, which are mainly inbound call people. 70 of them on the on the on the sell side, 40 of them on the claim side, and and those two big teams are today all of them working from the comfort of their home and the safety of their home and being able to handle all the inbound traffic that we're getting. Uh, so, where where exactly is your office? Uh, office is located in Lamshabang, uh, so in in uh, you know tower office tower Harbour Mall. Uh, so as as the as we get our, our, our colleague into the situation of potentially being a, a COVID nineteen case, there was definitely a lot of uh, fear around, and, and we do have to to shut down the office pretty quickly. So I want to get back to the fear in a second, but I want to back up and ask you: Were you already planning? Because you you mentioned actually offline that you're sitting in a B, it's your home, but you're sitting in a BCP location. And for people that don't know what BCP means, I'm guessing it's business continuation plan. Planning. Right. I did some BCP work when I was at Goldman and at Morgan Stanley. So it's important to do. Right. I think we, I think we called it drip disaster recovery implementation plan or something. It was a terrible name. But had you already set up procedures and policies around BCP before this happened? Yeah, we had a full BCP that we were running for, for the last two years, uh, but that, that, that was not the answer to COVID, unfortunately, because the, normally your BCP assumption is that your office is burned, shut down, or there is a chemical explosion near the office, right. you can't reach the office. So it's right. all based on not being able to reach the office and relocating the office somewhere else. In a COVID situation, it's not. It's not what it is. It's no. basically you need to have everybody not being in the same place at all. So uh, we definitely had to rechange the whole dynamic about the BCP uh, and, and lucky enough had the, the technology to do so. But that was not our, our, our main BCP plan uh, to start with. So tell me what happened actually on that day. I'm really curious. The employee's wife is a nurse. Yep. So she got, she got fever the day before. Uh, uh, the, our employee driver to the hospital. He came in the office the, the following day. In all retrospect, that might not have been the best uh, things to do, but anyway, he did. And by 10 a.m. in the morning, he received uh, the conclusion that uh, his wife was positive. And so uh, within, you know, within minutes, we had to decide, okay, well, what's next? Okay, so we have the operation running. Uh, we are becoming a, a potential case, and we're becoming level three as they call it, type of uh, uh, reach to the COVID. So it was level two, we were becoming level three. Uh, and as such, we had to decide to, to, to shut down. So we asked all our staff, which had already internet at home, to take their PC uh, and basically go home with their PC uh, and try to reinstall themselves uh, their PC at home. So literally they took their literally laptop or whatever, just take it out and go home. And, and laptop and hardware because uh, not everybody's got laptops. So for the call center staff, they are they are not on the laptop base; they are on the hardware base. Uh, so they, everybody took his laptop, uh, and we we basically put a hotline to help them to reconnect uh, at their home. And if they could not reconnect, we had a third party provider going to their home, helping them setting up. 
And so by the closing of, of, of the first day, which was the 18th of March, we have about 45% of the staff, the front staff, I'm talking claims and call center, uh, which was reconnected onto their home. And then the people we did not have internet at home stayed in the office on the first day and then took their PC at night, go home, and then start to work on getting uh, internet installed on the following day. Right. Okay, so we had two waves so that we were able to handle all customer inquiry, both on the 18 and the 19. And overall, by the following Monday, that was 21st, we had back to 100% of the staff which were able to operate uh, as per normal. Impressive. Did that person actually test positive, did you say that? Or they tested, so they actually have the disease? Yes, yes. The wife of the colleague did have the disease, so. Okay, so did I misunderstand? Maybe we were talking last week. You said that your staff doesn't have, nobody on your staff has the disease. So the husband no, didn't no. get infected. That's what happened. So uh, so he went, of course, uh, to the hospital to right get away. tested, get into quarantine. I mean, because he didn't have any symptoms, we had to wait five days to right, get the results. Tested. Because they, they prioritized the, the testing with people with symptoms and right. people without. So that was five days, very long <laughs> for everybody to, and for himself, of course, uh, to wait for that result and to see what's going on. Thankfully, after five days, he got a, a negative result. And technically, we could have gone back to the office and restart uh, uh, as per normal. But given where we were, given everything was working, we said, you know, we're not stopping now. Uh, it's not going to improve. The situation is going to get worse, if anything, before it gets better. So let's keep let's keep working from home for, for the foreseeable future. What was it like on that day? And what was it like for you and the, the senior management team to come in and say, okay, it's because it's basically like wartime in a way. Everybody stop, right, kind of thing. And here's what we're going to do. Here's the information we have. Did people get nervous? Like everyone reacts differently, right? Yeah, actually, I was very surprised and very pleased. I think everybody took the, the news very professionally uh, and very calmly. Uh, and probably more calmly when they were in front of the situation than discussion we had in the previous week where people were a bit more paranoid. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and actually when the things happen, everybody's like, okay, this is real now. Right. Uh, you know, we, we, we need to get moving, but, but let, let, let's do it properly. I mean, right. the, definitely if it doesn't work, the company is in danger. Uh, all the livelihood of everybody is in danger. So I think people realize the, the gravity of the situation and, and, and really played a, a fantastic role in, in getting back to normal very quickly. What percentage of your, let me see, of the 70 people you said for sales and 40 people that do claims, what percentage of them are Thai? Uh, 100%. That's what I thought. So I just want to make the point here that like, you know, let's tell the rest of the world how amazing your Thai staff was. In, yeah, yeah. Re in reacting to a crisis, it's pretty insanely amazing, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was the calmness, the and, professionalness, and everything else, yeah? And during those two days, I mean, we monitor very closely all, you know, the service level and, and, and customer satisfaction, and, and we did not drop. I mean, we, we were able to handle uh, uh, all courses. On the 18 and 19, we handled uh, about 1,100 inbound calls on each day uh, with a 3% drop in, in, in abundance, which is, which is our normal drop uh, right. rate. So. We were able to navigate through that crisis with, uh, without getting uh, customer impacted, which, which is most important. So as you started going through this whole process and as people started working from home and as everything started getting back to, and I'll put it in quotes, normal, meaning the normal service levels, but everyone's distributed, I presume you went out and started talking to some of your other colleagues, not meaning inside the company, but outside the company, other entrepreneurs, other founders, other CEOs, 
to share your experience, but also to find out what they were experiencing as well. Did you get any new information or interesting information from them as well? I think, you know, I think uh, everybody is in a very, uh, let's say, difficult situation. Uh, I've got many people working on in different industry and, and to a certain extent the insurance industry is not the most exposed to, to that situation and, and we, we're probably going to go through it not to impact it but I've got other friend working in a different industry, some more event industry and, and that's that's a, you know that's a big uh, big change of, of, of dynamic and they they're reworking on what offer what things they can do to, to get the to get through the crisis and right. uh, it's extremely challenging and, and we're not going to the entrepreneur level I mean of course all the all the people around on the shops and the restaurant and everything I mean the impact the economical impact we're just starting to feel it but uh, it is really scary right so I live in Bangkok you're in Lam Chabai, right I presume you live there as well yes yep yep so when I walk out on the street to go down to the corner to a family mart to get milk or water or whatever I need it feels a little eerie outside, particularly I'm living right off of Scumbit Road, right? So right off of the main road. And I look at some of the restaurants and I literally, I get really scared because, you know, restaurants, people do, they're not super high margin businesses, right? And a month off or two months off could destroy them. And it just makes me nervous. And I'm wondering, but it's also highly concentrated, very densely populated and densely concentrated for these businesses. I can see a lot of them, right? Lam Chabang slightly different. What are you seeing on the outside if you do go out to get milk or get water and stuff like that? Um, I mean, you know, we Lamshabang is within Chonburi, it's yep. north of Pattaya, so the impact is there too. I mean, the, the whole uh, Pattaya city is, is, is shut down uh, yeah. For, yeah. For, for as bad as, as Bangkok. We probably see a bit more traffic on the road. People, they're still not effectively a hard lockdown, so we do see people driving around. Uh, but if, if you look at, start to look at shops and, and, and most of it is closed uh, and it's not looking good. No, it's not. So what do you think the new normal is, for lack of a better term? In other words, you know, you're back to 100% capacity, your service levels are fine. What does it mean when things go back to normal? Or I don't want to say when this ends, because I don't know when it ends, right? But what do you do? Do you gather everybody back in the office again? Or how does that work? Yeah, I think, I mean, the, through the experience, we, we realized that actually you can work effectively in an in a out-of-office uh, situation. Now, what we're losing is is uh, what is harder. It's not losing, but what is harder to manage is the interaction, the culture, uh, and and the ability to to work together on the same project. And I've been home now for two weeks, and, uh, trying to keep the uh, the faith the faith uh, going. But but it's hard, you know, it's hard. So so when this is over, I think we will still go back to office, uh, uh, but probably offering more flexibility to people. Uh, if some people for which have gone through that crisis and find that it's actually working well for them, and then we, we, we find a common understanding that that's a workable model, uh, it's quite likely that we will open up more for, for people working from home, uh, but it will, never, will not be 100%. I, mean, we'll, I can't wait to go back to the office, actually. <laughs> is there an emotional toll here? And I want to get back to this comment you just made in a second, but is there an emotional toll on people you think that is going to last a little bit longer than it, than it seems? I'm not sure yet. I think, I mean, in the first weeks or so, and we're still, you know, we're still about 14 days in. I think there's still that adrenaline and that rush, uh, that energy coming through the fact that it's new, it's hard, and we need to fight that together. Uh, I don't know what's going, how long that's going to last. I don't know if going into 
one month, two months, uh, three yeah. months, what, what's going to happen? I mean, how do we keep again that 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 social uh, that that sense of common objective uh, within within a bigger team? I mean, we're, today we're about two hundred people and staff, so you know, it's it's a it's it's a big team to be able to manage uh, all that from from without actual human contact and, and, and physical interaction. So you mentioned a second ago, you said, I cannot wait to get back to the office. And I think it was partially humorous, but partially serious. And I think that a lot of people are having that feeling, right? And I think it's, it's telling, right? We talk a lot about the complete digitalization of everything, right? We, digital transformation is going to change everything. And yet I think people want human contact. Yep. I mean, at least for once, definitely want that. Uh, and, and, and I mean, we, we can work effectively, definitely. There's a lot of things who's been actually more effective working remotely uh, uh, in the time of meeting being more concise, exchange being more uh, productive to a certain extent. Uh, however, when you start to get into some complex topic and, yeah. and involving, involving the world management team of, of the organization, then you do see that, that that's not necessarily where you get the most uh, uh, out of it. And I think the, the physical contact, the ability to to uh, talk to each other, understand the body language of the people in front, how they accept the new idea and so on, is still very much important in, in, in what we're trying to do when you try to change to change things. So when you do business as usual, it's pretty much okay to do it like that. Right. When you are trying to change things, which all uh, InsureTech is trying to do, uh, and, and entering into new new project, complex project. I think I think it, we're going to suffer to to drive those projects for that. Was there anything you were working on prior to March 18th? Let's just say at the beginning of March, maybe planned in January, where when everybody went home, the management team said, "Oh shucks, this is going to be really hard to affect because you know we need to have the development team and the product management team and the sales team and all these teams together in a room to just kind of hash it out." Is there anything you put on hold? Yes, yes, there's a, a few. I mean, there's a few things we get accelerated, and actually, we're very happy that we were able through that remote working to still do website release. Uh, we've done two website releases since we launched, since the two weeks ago. We've launched a new pricing model. So, most of this is still moving fast and, 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 and well. Uh, we've launched the new COVID product in, in, a, in a week. Uh, and that's that's moving very well. There was very complex project. I can't. I, can't, I don't want to get uh, still a strategical project. Hope to get back to it. But there, there, there was there was a big project which yeah. we which was a big, big game changer for us uh, as an organization, and 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 uh, that we are hoping to get in Q3, Q4, and that's not going to happen. I mean, the complexity uh, of working in and uh, especially as it involved the party because. That's also the issue when right. we're dealing with insurance company, we're dealing with partners, yep. uh, uh, and working with your team remotely is one thing. Working with partner remotely is another level of complexity. Right. You don't have the, the you know, the history and, and, uh, and the confidence and the, and the experience that have been built together to be able to work like that. Yeah, there's not that existing level of comfort is what I like to say, right? In other words, I can do this with you because you and I have met each other 10 times already. We've had conversations, right? So the fact that we're not face-to-face, -face, I mean, actually, we are using the video, so it's easier. But if I was doing this with someone I'd never met before and having this type of conversation, I think it would be harder because I don't know them kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't have the feedback through the, you know, the body language, the the look, the, the right, feeling, right. you know. So you don't know if your message is going through or not. <laughs> How often before March 18th were you coming to Bangkok for meetings or people coming down to to see you? How, how many times a week do you think? Once a week, once every two weeks. Oh, okay. And I haven't been since. <laughs> 
And, but have you been out of the house? Have you been out of the house at all? No, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm at a stay at house and I'm not moving. You know, it's a, but how about shopping and food and stuff like that? Like, what are you doing? What do you hear from your staff as well? Uh, so I, I, for, from our side, when we get things delivered and are trying to, to limit the exposure as much as possible. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm not accounting for every single people in the organization, mm-hmm. but most of it, most of us are, are at home and, and, and getting into a f- almost full hard lockdown, even though it's not in, 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 uh, in effect yet, but, but uh, uh, might be coming soon. So yeah, we're ready for that. Every day I get a phone call. You know, I normally record it through Digital Park, right? Yep. But I don't feel very comfortable getting on the BTS and getting off and walking the, you know, 900 meters to the park and then walking through the mall and going upstairs in the elevator and stuff and then sitting down in the studio to record. And yet every day I get a phone call from TDPK saying, are you coming in today? Now, I know no one's there, right? They've told their staff they don't have to come in either. But every day they call, just before we started recording, I got a call from somebody in the, you know, in the organization saying, are you coming in today? Do you have any plans to come in this week? I don't, I don't know like how everybody's dealing with this. And that's why this conversation with you is so interesting because of like the kind of planning that you did, but then the, just the reaction that you had to fix that BCP thing, right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, for us, we, we had a very strong message because we, we, we had staff asking, okay, can I, go, uh, can I go back to my hometown? Because, you know, since I'm working remotely, I might as well go back to my hometown. Yeah, and we said, no, it. no, that's not, that's not happening. I mean, we, uh, we are in a lockdown and we're trying to provide, uh, prevent the spread of the disease. So uh, you are due to stay within Chambury, as, uh, as the government asks us to do, and, and, you know, try to play your, your part in getting that thing slowing down so we can get back to business faster. Yeah, and in your conversations with some of these sort of incumbent insurance companies, we always like to ask this question, right? It's like, how has their attitude towards what you're doing changed? In other words, you did this COVID-19 product in days, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a, it's the product from Tipaya, so it's not a, it's not a product that we develop, but it's a product that we put put on the website, distribute uh, within within the. Actually, we were already within four days, <laughs> and it took an extra three days for Tip to open the broker account. Uh, so, but 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 you know, we were able to launch within a week, uh, and I think they, they you know they were surprised and happy that uh, we could deliver that, and, uh, right. and the number have been, been quite compelling since we launched. So, do you think it also changes the dynamic for companies that had been since the beginning of this year going out and trying to raise money? In other words, what are those conversations like with venture capitalists or investors? I think that's going to be a much harder. Uh, we, we were talking to, to a few funds uh, to to certain level of advancement, and we clearly see that you know they're taking they're going to take a, a wait and see attitude to to a certain extent, uh, and and rightfully so I will say I mean you know it's, it, the end level of uncertainty is is probably at the highest ever. Uh, so why would you want necessarily to commit? Fund in a period where you could actually wait and see what's going on and who's going to survive and not. Right. Uh, so, so I mean, we still engage, and and I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, to say, uh, I'm, I'm not suspecting them of being uh, 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 adverse or mean. But but I think it's 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 normal. I mean, if I was in their shoes, that's probably something I will also be much more careful. So at the current moment, I mean, where we re- we're going to rely much more on our existing shareholder because right. they got. You know, Vested interest to make sure that we we go through the period and and scarce and being able to rebound later. Uh, and on our side, of course, we need to to adjust a bit. So we've reduced uh, uh, spend. Uh, not significantly, it's probably not the right one, but where do you spend to make sure that we extend the the cash uh, 
uh, pathway we have and, and make sure we, 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 uh, we can go through those months uh, positively. Yeah, look, I want to agree with your characterization. I, I think it's fair for investors to say that uncertainty leads them to make a slower decision. If you look at even just what the public markets did in the United States, down 30% in like five days. And that's real. I don't think it's people, like you said, being mean or being disingenuous. I think it's people just going, I don't like uncertainty. I don't know how to behave with it. And I don't want to own any assets that I don't understand what the impact is going to be. I think it's fair. Yep, definitely. Uh, so now, of course, is, is changing the dynamic. I mean, we're still, uh, we're still uh, on a cash burning phase. We're still not like even. So we need to ensure that we can manage the period. Uh, and we've taken action already which to reduce spend and, and extend the pathway. Yeah, I mean, look, there are plenty of people that are laying people off across the board, right? Big companies that are super well-funded have started to do that, yeah? Thank God I'm touching one, as I say that. I mean, thank God we, we, we haven't been able, we haven't uh, done any uh, retrenchment uh, as yet. I, I still hope hardly that we won't be, uh, we won't have to. We, we've read, we, we are growing five to 10 employees per month previous to, previous to that. So by freezing the employment uh, as it is and and the growth is still reasonably good. I mean, we, we grow in March by 50%, uh, 5-0, which is lower than, than the growth we had in the previous month, which was 70-80. But, but still, we're still growing 50 uh, by reducing the recruitment. We are able to manage our, our staff and provide them, uh, uh, I don't want to say certainty, but provide them at least uh, some sort of comfort for, for the next few months uh, that, that we will be around and being able to retain our staff uh, if things don't get really worse. Yeah, I understand. And look, I do think, as you said earlier, that this whole idea of everything getting digitalized is just going to accelerate. You're going to see big companies understand now, wait a second, I need to have an ability to distribute my product, whether it's insurance or even physical goods in a way that I wasn't doing prior. I think it's, that's just going to happen faster. It'll be interesting to see what the outcome is. But you brought up a really good point as well on the investment side. I think I'd like to get a VC on the phone too and just find out what their reaction has been to this. I think it's a, just to get that different perspective, I think would be really interesting. Yeah. Sure, it will. <laughs> we'll love to hear it. <laughs> I'll, so I'll try to work on that. Look, I don't want to take up any more of your time this morning, unless there's anything else that you want to add that I've missed. I really appreciate the conversation. I've learned a lot. And, you know, I operate a much smaller operation, as a matter of fact, 200 times smaller than your operation. So for me, understanding how you deal with that complexity is just fascinating. And your ability to actually come on and share, I think is really great. Yep. Thank you very much, Michael. It was a pleasure to exchange. And again, uh, let's hope in a few months you can come and visit us and we can show you the actual operation. Thank you very much. Nicholas Fakir, the founder and CEO at Rujai.com. I really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks, Michael. Bye-bye.